It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We have amazing offers available across the 211 Renault and Dacia range. Get your car delivered to you in just a couple of clicks. Call us today to find out more or visit blackstonemotors.ie. Stay safe from Blackstone Motors. Well, I'm here and there's not a bother on me, to be honest with you. Yes, I got my COVID jab yesterday directly after the show and I'm feeling fine, I have to say. Um, Got the Pfizer-BioNTech jab and uh, I thank... Uh, my fa- my uh, local GP uh, for looking after me yesterday. Uh, I've been taking paracetamol since and have to today and tomorrow and plenty of water, they say, to go along with it. But I'm fine. Just a little bit of soreness in the uh, top left arm. But that's to be expected. I feel that anyway. Each year I get the flu jab. But there you are. Dose one or vaccine one in and done and feeling fine. And the second one to come, will it be four or six weeks? Well, we'll know uh, later today. It may be six weeks. You can uh, give the second jab of this one between three and six weeks. So it'll either be four or six, depending on the government's decision in the uh, light of all the different vaccines that are now coming in and their availability, of course. So there you are. I'm happy to say that I have it. And I encourage anybody listening today to get the vaccine too, because it is quite clear and quite obvious to everybody that the vaccines are the way out of the COVID-19 pandemic that we're experiencing. My God, look, I was just looking at India today. They've had a second wave and it's unbelievable. They're actually running out of oxygen. Remember, there was a fear about that here in Ireland in the hospitals in India as we speak today. And yet, believe it or not, on Mars, we're creating oxygen isn't there a real irony in that? I was just thinking the ability of mankind to go to another planet and create oxygen there. And yet we can't provide oxygen here on Earth for people, people who are desperately in need. Oh, my word. That doesn't add up at all, does it? Welcome to the show. We have a stellar lineup for you, as usual, this afternoon. And don't forget the usual numbers if you want to join us. 086-1800-658. You can WhatsApp or text me to the show. Oh, the telephone is still there. 1850-715-958. Let's get to business. And business we're going to get to now. Do you remember last week on the show I was telling you that, oh, I took a Vigari one morning. I was looking at the sunshine coming in my bedroom windows and they were filthy. And I cleaned them. It was at 7 a.m. in the morning. And you, you, yes, our lovely listeners, were on to me with all your different tips for cleaning windows. And our Louise said to me, you know what, there's more in this. There really is more in this because there's lots of things and lots of jobs that can be done around the house 
And there's ways of doing them because a lot of you suggested the vinegar and the newspaper and that for cleaning the windows. So with that in mind, let me tell you that my first guest today first appeared on our TV screens on Channel 4's obsessive compulsive cleaners or remember it well. Today she's known as the Queen of Clean and is a regular with Holly, Philip and the crew on this morning. Her new book, The 15 Minute Clean, was just published in recent days. I'm delighted to say hello to Lindsay Crombie. Hello, Lindsay. Hi, how are you? I'm really good, thank you. I'm delighted to have you on the show. Me, do you feel how can you can you get that feeling how chuffed I am? I, I do you know what you sound super excited. So <laughs> I love your I'm loving your vibe. It's brilliant. Thank you so much. Not at all. Well, listen, congratulations on the new book. I'm going to get on to that in a moment. But can I pose this question to you? Lemons, vinegar, and bicarbonate of soda is all we need. It is, and it's like it's going back to the old school with me, and it's using staples that are in our kitchen cupboards that our ancestors, that's all they had access to years ago. And you know what? They do actually work, and it's really fun to clean with a lemon. It's much better than just spraying a product all over the surface. So do you do you steer away from the chemical-laden cleaning products as a rule of thumb, or do you combine and mix You know the natural ones we're talking about here and those others? Yeah, I'm a bit of a 50 50 if I'm completely honest with you because I must admit when I do go to the supermarkets I am swayed by pretty bottles and pink potions and being the queen of clean it is really important that I do sort of um, try products and let my audience know whether it's a good product or a bad product but I do love my lemons by carb and my vinegar. Let's talk then about some specifics, Lindsay, and uh, let's wander around our kitchen or the home for a few moments. Come back to the windows again. What's your recommendation? Okay, so I don't know about you guys, but it's really sunny where I am at the moment. So this is the worst day to clean the windows. Never, ever clean them when it's sunny, because what happens is when you apply any sort of product to the window, it's going to dry instantly on the glass and it's going to cause those streaky marks. So always clean the windows on a really dull, miserable day. That is so so true, because I noticed that and we, ha- we are having lovely weather here in Ireland as well at the moment and it, it's yeah. the last for quite a number of days. And you're right, when I, when I tackle those windows, it just got the better of me. I struggle to get those streaks, all of them away. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that it's, we can go too heavy with products as well. So you could buy a window cleaning spray and spray so much of it onto the window that you're then struggling to actually remove the product as well as cleaning the window. So it's very much, you know, on each pane of glass, just do one squirt. You don't need to go product heavy. Um, and personally, I just find going outside with a nice bucket of warm soapy water, a couple of microfiber cloths, and that's all I ever need for cleaning my windows. And they always look lovely. Don't let us see anybody out at the windows when the sun is shining. Wait for a bit of dullness and do it. Now, that's the first great tip you're getting uh, from Lindsay this afternoon. Now, the kettle. You know our kettles where you live in an area, and we do here, where the water is very hard, it furs up quite regularly. How do we clean the kettle? Yeah, okay. So you can do two natural methods here. So you can either use your white vinegar or you can use lemon juice. Now, when I say lemon juice, I don't mean stand there and squeeze loads of lemons. I mean, go to the supermarket, go to the baking aisle. um, And, you know, you can buy small bottles of lemon and lime juice down the baking aisle. Just grab one of those, about 50 pence. Um, And that's what you do. You just half fill with water, half fill with the lemon juice or with the white vinegar, boil it, let it sit, boil it again, 
rinse it out and then do a pure water boil and your kettle will be lime scale free and if on you know on the little pouring spout bit that you've got if mm. you've got lime scale build up around there cut a lemon in half and plonk that on the top it will look strange but it will work or spray a paper towel in some white vinegar and just wrap that around the top of your kettle and that that's all you need and it's an inexpensive eco way of cleaning it is so simple. What uh, I, I'm going home this evening and I'm going to do that straight away because I have big problems with my kettles all of the time. Now, the oven, look, where do we begin or end with the oven? Usually it's a half day operation in our home and this, this stuff goes in that you can't breathe in or you can't breathe out. You know what I'm talking about? How do you tackle the oven, Lindsay? Okay, so this is the most hated cleaning task um, across the border. Everybody hates cleaning the oven. So you can do a few simple things here. Like every time we cook a meal, I will just get warm soapy water cloth and just wipe it over really quickly. And that's going to stop a lot of the buildup. You can also buy the oven liners. So they're just like a plastic sheet that you can pop in your oven and it will take all the drippings. And then you can put that in the dishwasher after you've cooked your dinner. Um, and that works really well. Um, but in terms of cleaning it yes you can buy these really good chemical based products that take a good half a day you pour it into a bag leave it in the garden and it will burn away that those greases those grimes and those burnt in foods but again bicarbonate of soda and lemon juice sprinkle the bicarb in spray the lemon juice um, or the white vinegar close the oven and then just go out do some shopping meet a friend for coffee um, come back and the work would have been done for you um, but you just need to be prepared to have time on your side so that four to five hours for products to actually work Lindsay what's the proportion just a listener on to me there can you ask Lindsay the proportion of bicarbonate of soda to lemon in that uh, uh, hack she's talking about there Okay, so with the oven, so what I'd suggest is is you sprinkle all the surfaces in the oven with the bicarb. So all on the bottom on the sides and to get it to stick to the sides just gently dampen them first of all and then put the bicarb on and that will keep it onto the sides and then with the white vinegar there's no set portion just spray as much of the bicarb as you can and get that fizzing action get the bubbling happening and it's the bubbling and the fizzing um, that's actually going to break up that dirt and remove that grime for you but close the door go away and do something else um, and come back to it Great stuff. Jerry, uh, another listener, says, we have the kettle problem. Thanks for that. What about shower heads? Because they block similarly with the water. Can you use the lemon on the shower head? Yes, you can. What I say is if you've got a shower head that actually screws off, that's really good. Get a sandwich bag or a bucket, pop your shower head in it and then just put the white vinegar in there and just leave that to sit. Um, you can, if you've got um, on the end of your tap in your bathroom, you can again put half the lemon onto that one. Um, if you've got one of these really nice posh waterfall showers that people have, you obviously can't take the head off of that one. So get an old tea towel drench it in white vinegar and just wrap it around the top of your shower head and just leave that for about an hour and then remove it and the lime scale will be gone. Fantastic. Now, what about the loo? You know yourself, people hang these little uh, plastic things with all these nasty colours coming out of them and the bleach goes in. Oh, my word, we're killing the planet. Can you give us an alternative? Suggest, please, Lindsay. Yeah, so there's... 
Yeah, there's a bit of a craze at the moment with these unicorn and rainbow toilets sort of on TikTok and Instagram. And it's really making me so angry because you don't need all this product down your toilet. The best product for your toilet is a denture tablet. Um, so obviously what we use to clean our teeth, pop one of those down every single day and that will clean your toilet. You can use citric acid and that will remove any brown lime scale marks that you may have at the bottom of your pan. Um, and you can still use bleach, but don't overuse it. Just put a small amount in you know, every other day, not every day, and that will keep your toilet clean. Mm. Uh, there's a listener saying, thank you so much, Lindsay, but could you just come back to the oven? Oh, my God, we're getting the messages. Keep them coming to us. 086-1800-658, WhatsApp or text me. Jerry, will you go back to Lindsay about the oven? What about the glass door getting that clean on the oven? Okay, yes, yeah, so you can do that exactly the same way. If your glass door comes out, now some of them do, um, what I always say to people is whatever oven you've got, just look up your model online if you've lost the, the manual that comes with your oven and that will tell you how to take the glass door out. Now, your glass door, you can soak in warm, soapy water, use a tiny amount, like a nice scouring pad, which is a non-scratch one, so you don't scratch the glass. Um, and you can also do the sprinkling of the bicarb and the white vinegar. I do advise that you don't put really heavy chemicals on your glass door like the oven specific products that you can buy because they're not all glass friendly and they can damage the glass so if you're looking for a shop brought product make sure you buy one that is glass friendly um one of the big brands that's out there that comes in the plastic bags will destroy the glass so be ever so careful oh good Uh, thanks for uh, letting us in on that one there now uh, in general terms, the sink, plug holes, etc. There's a message from a listener. I'm constantly getting slow drainage from my kitchen sink. I've tried most things. Can Lindsay help? Yes, I can help. Okay, so this is a really common problem. So every other week, add this onto your sort of cleaning rotor that you've got in your home. Just simply pour some bicarb down there and some boiling water from the kettle and just let those two products do work for you what will happen is if you've got quite a gunky mess down there the bicarb and the hot water is going to cause sort of a reaction and start pushing that dirt up um, and it's actually really exciting to see it all popping out um, but if it's not too bad you're not going to get that but just do that every other week just to keep it clear the shower the shower jerry says another listener please help it's driving me mad it's been the bane of my life for years i think they're talking about you know the doors and the little uh, little nukes around the bottom of showers and they get really yeah. messy yeah, they do. So a lot of the time you get built up lime scale in that area and it can look a pinky colour as well. I um, mean, you can try so many products and it just doesn't come off. But honestly, the best thing to do with this one is just with your spray bottle with white vinegar, spray into that area and again, just leave it. Um, don't, don't rinse it straight away. If you rinse it straight away, it's not going to work. You need to leave it a good 15 to 20 minutes to do its work um, and then rinse. Now, I should imagine a lot of the listeners are probably saying vinegar smells. You know, we don't want my house to smell like chips um the good thing about white vinegar is it disperses very quickly so it it will smell for five ten minutes but it will disperse very quickly so don't worry too much you mentioned white wine vinegar is that an alternative to ordinary chip vinegar as you described it there would you prefer the white wine one 
Yeah, well, there's there's two sorts of vinegars you can use for cleaning. So you've got white wine vinegar and you've got white vinegar. They are practically the same thing, um, but one of them obviously has got alcohol grains in, which will make it work slightly quicker. But don't use vinegar that you would put on your dinner and don't use cider vinegar. You need to go for the white wine or the white vinegar. Really good. And do you need to delete it down? Are you talking about using it neat or raw? It depends how severe um, severe the problem is. If you've got really bad lime scale, then use it neat. If you've only got very mild, mild lime, lime scale, um, I can't get my words out, <laughs> lime scale, then you can use it diluted. Um, it, just, just assess the situation yourself. And if it doesn't come off using it diluted, then, you know, just next time use a little bit more. It's completely natural. It's not going to do any harm. It's not going to strip colours or ruin surfaces, which is the main thing. There's another one for you. My crew love garlic i can't stand it and when they store the foods in the fridge the stink is awful is there any way i can reduce that smell in the fridge help please Lindsay. the message says <laughs> yeah you can so um, it's a bit like having a piece of fish in your fridge that stinks so what i advise is get a really small little dish pour some bicarbonate of soda into the dish and just pop that at the back of your fridge. What the bicarb is going to do is it's going to just soak up the odours. So it's just going to take all of the odours that are in your fridge, soak them all up into the bicarb um, and then weekly just change that dish. You don't need much. You literally need like a spoonful into a really small little dish that you can hide at the back. Now, your new book, The 15 Minute Clean, The Quickest Way to a Sparkling Home, uh, 15 minutes every day? Yes, every day. Every, I, I advise every morning because I always feel in the morning that we've got more energy than we have in the afternoon. Um, and also, let's get it out of the way so we can enjoy the rest of the day and not worry about that pile of dirty dishes that's on the side. So it's using a timer method. It's choosing free high traffic rooms every single day and mixing them up. So Monday, you might choose to do the lounge, your main bathroom and your kitchen. Set your timer to five minutes in each room, work against the clock, and you will be amazed at how much you can achieve in five minutes when you're fully motivated and you've got no distractions. And the book they want to know, The 15 Minute Clean, The Quickest Way to a Sparkling Home, it is available, I I know, on Amazon.co.uk. It's published by Welbeck. Anywhere else they can pick it up. Yeah, most supermarkets, um, bookshops as well. Um, I think you've got a a big bookshop over there and it's definitely in that one. I can't quite remember the name, but yeah, yeah, you'll see it popping up. It's got a bright cover. You're not going to miss it. No, you can see it really well. Yes, we have, of course, Waterstones here, Eason's, and we have all, uh, thank God, we still have our local bookshops uh, in the the, uh, northeast here and long may they continue. Do you know something? You're fantastic and I know why they love you and you have a huge... Huge following, you know, here in Ireland as well. Keep doing what you're doing. And I'm so grateful you took time to have a chat with me today. I really enjoyed it, Lindsay. Oh, no, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Take care. We'll talk again. Take care. Bye-bye now. Isn't she brilliant? Bye. Bye. Lindsay Crombie there. And yes, the name of the book you're looking for it is The 15-Minute Clean, The Quickest Way to a Sparkling Home by Lindsay Crombie. It is available. I've seen it myself in the shops. That's the name of the book. You can pick it up. Anyway, plenty of tips and hints there. Weren't there? There really were. To clean in the natural way. Have you any tips? Have you any hacks you use yourself? at home that you'd like to enlighten our listeners about for cleaning let us know we want to hear from you today 086-1800-658 that's the text or WhatsApp number or you can call in on 1850-715-958 
I'm off to buy rubber gloves on the way home, Jerry. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'd say my mother it'd be in fits of laughter now, but if I mentioned cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> she was good, wasn't she? Oh, she was amazing, wasn't she? She was really, really good. Oh, she's huge following and she knows her stuff. But what struck me was all the natural products. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. The lemon, the white wine vinegar and the bicarbonate of soda and the combinations of all those, how much they can do. I really worry about all the nasties that people use, you know, around the home that are going into the water system. And, you know, ultimately you know, destroying. Uh, yeah, but people do anything to get their homes I know, really clean I and know, fresh and I know, smell. I know, I know. But there's a natural way of doing it. And mm. talking about water, what about the boy or the girl in the River Boyne? Is it a dolphin? Well, when you said you, you saw the dolphin or somebody had contacted you yeah, about, Niall, the, about Niall the dolphin. Niall rang me, yeah. Niall rang me and said loads of people saw this, uh, what they describe as a dolphin in the Boyne today. But it may not be a dolphin. No, we rang the Irish Whale and Dolphin Group yeah. and spoke to Porig Hooley, who didn't want to speculate. So what he's asking people out there, if they see the dolphin, take a picture, send it in, get onto the group, they can report sightings and he can tell you whether it's a bottleneck dolphin or a harbour porpoise. And he said it's yeah. not unusual for them to come up this far up a river if food is plentiful. Yeah, so it could be a porpoise or a dolphin. I've looked at the pictures. They're quite similar. You see the fin. Kevin sent us in some nice pictures there. But again, you just see the fin. Hard to say whether it's a dolphin or a porpoise. It could be a harbour porpoise as well. Mm. Or it could be your man that's above it. Uh, Green Ore. Yeah, he did say fin. they have a dolphin fin up in Green Ore yeah. and he could have just made his way down for he a day trip. down for a visit and had a look 20 around. 20 kilometres, is yeah, it? Yeah, it's a handy <laughs> run for him and there's no crossing county borders or anything. He can he can do it and he's not in trouble. Anyway, is it a dolphin? Is it a porpoise? We'll keep you posted. If you have good pictures, get them to us. WhatsApp them to us. 086-1800-658. Now, today is a big day. It's a big day for my good friend Paddy Goodwin because today... Paddy celebrates his 60th birthday. Happy birthday, Paddy. He's such a well-known local solicitor. He's originally from Clonus, but you know what? He's an adopted Drogheda man, and I know he loves the town with all his heart. He came to Drogheda first, and he set up Rhino Records. He was the MD of Rhino Records on Peter Street in Drogheda. I'm sure many listening today bought an old vinyl from him in their time. He's a Nottingham Forest fan for his sins. Oh, 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 oh. But they have they have won the European Cup, you know, a couple of times. They were, they were a great side, but he follows them truly from he was a child. And he met Brian Clough. Brian Clough, the legendary forest manager, his hero. He met Brian before he died. He loves Italy. Paddy loves his holidays, but he loves Italy especially and going to Venice. And you know something? Paddy Goodwin is responsible for the rebirth of horse lips. Yes, he is. He was the man who put it afoot. He's played with them himself on many occasions since. And you know, his rock and roll gigs are simply legendary. You've got to go to one to see how great the man is. He's a genius on the guitar. And I have to say, I've enjoyed his company and friendship for years. And I miss our Monday get-togethers after work when we solve the problems of the world. But for Paddy today, I want to go back to June 2016, when he was asked to deliver the eulogy at his great friend Henry McCullough's funeral, which he did superbly. And he sang this song, which I know means an awful lot to Paddy. So on the day, Paddy, you embrace your next decade, for you, here is Hank Williams. I'm so lonesome, I could cry. Hank Williams, 1949. Would you believe that was the B-side of a single, My Bucket's Got a Hole in It, but that became a classic quintessential country hit. Paddy Goodwin, happy birthday. 
You're great. You really are. Like uh, on foot of my conversation with Lindsay Crombie, the uh, Queen of Clean, many of you are suggesting uh, hints and tips or hacks, as they call them, for uh, the kitchen and home. Here's some of them. Uh, I actually, Jerry, put my oven doors into the dishwasher and I find it cleans them brilliantly. Thank you indeed for that. Maddie's been on to say, anyone got a problem with an electric hob with the glass top on the hob? I know what you're talking about. Well, Jerry, if they have, just tell them, uh, bog standard toothpaste does the job, cleans them up brilliantly. There you are, toothpaste on the hob top. Another one, use tea bags in a dish in the fridge takes away the odours as well, Jerry. I can vouch for it. Just change the tea bags every few days. Isn't that a lovely one as well? And another one there saying vinegar, lemon juice and bread soda. I think bread soda and bicarbonate have sold out this one of the same thing. They are my standards and they're fantastic. I couldn't agree with Lindsay Moore, uh, says another listener. Now we move on on late lunch this afternoon and we have a really brilliant a business story for you, one of success and one with huge potential in the future. Greenheart CBD was founded by Paul Walsh and Mark Canavan and they're based in County Mead. They are a startup, but they've raised a huge amount of money uh, to underpin their business going forward and develop it. And there's another aspect to this as well, uh, tied in with the whole area of cryptocurrency. And I'm delighted to say I have one of the co-founders with me on the line now, Mark Canavan. Good afternoon. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Great to be here. Ah, great to have you with us on the show today, Mark. I'll tell you one thing. I was just looking at that uh, uh, video of the meeting you had recently and yourself and Paul on with the guys from the States. I can tell you, Paul Walsh is a passionate man, isn't he? <laughs> he sure is. He sure is. It pours out. <laughs> he really is. And it must be great to have him as your partner in this business. Look, for listeners today, this business is uh, all in the uh, in the area of hemp and the growing of hemp and the byproducts from hemp. Would you just give it, listeners an overview of, of who you are and what you do? Okay. So we're Greenheart CBD. Uh, we founded the company two years ago, myself and Paul. We were, we were childhood friends. Drifted apart for a couple of years and then Paul came to me with this idea. I'm from a family of entrepreneurs um, and we have, I was building businesses with my dad since I was a teenager. Um, so I had the expertise in how to kind of lift something off the ground while Paul had the, the true vision as you, as you got in the, um, the yes. meeting that we had last night that you saw. Um, he's a very passionate guy. Um, hemp is something that's very close to his heart and sustainability. Um, so we decided to go down the road of setting up Greenheart CBD. We acquired the um, particular extraction machinery that we use. It's a cold press extraction, um, but it also homogenizes the oil. This allows us to stay within the regulation of the EU to sell our product as a food supplement. So we went, we started growing crops in 2019. We went out and uh, did it ourselves with the farmers down in Wicklow um, and we had tremendous success. But while we were doing that, we got one of our Paul's colleagues over in Canada. He was running a beta program on this drone technology and it was about monitoring plant health. And unfortunately for them over in Canada, they were hit with hailstorms and the crops that he was actually using that year uh, had failed because of this hailstorm that, that hit Canada. So he, he saw, he'd been keeping an eye on what we were doing here and said, well, could I come over and do the beta test with you guys? So we did, and uh, we partnered with that company um, and we 
started telling them the problems in the industry and uh, the problems that we were facing in the growing cycle. And uh, we got very close to him and started to develop his drone technology further. So this is now no longer just a, a monitoring system. It's a, it allows us full traceability right through from the seed to the um, facility where the product is actually uh, uh, processed. But also now there's um, additional functionality to the drones where we have a robotic arm, which will allow us to take males or sick plants from the field. The male in the hemp world is, is used to pollinate the female and that's to create seed. Most of your CBD or cannabinoids are actually held in the female flower mm. and that's before the seed is produced. So if you can get the males out of there before pollination, you'll have a higher um, CBD count. Um, but also then there's other attachments such as sprayers and um, soil testers just to ensure that you have the highest quality soil across the field. Tractors so, tractors in the sky, can I say that? Does that Exactly, of, yeah, yeah, it's the new age tractor. Yeah. That's it, it's the, it's the new toy for the farm and it can all, it, it's all um, done through a mobile app. So the farmer can do this on his phone. So it brings technology into the space. It's the agri-tech, um, which is a huge um, emerging hmm. Um, a use of technology yes. like farming would be something that would be uh, slow to adapt to new technologies that are out there and the interest from young farmers is um, is, is kind of dying off but if we can bring this back in it, I think it will amplify that growth Yeah. again and get the interest back into the farm and plus you're bringing a more profitable cash crop into uh into the space for them. Yes. And, a and lot of the tillage is very difficult for a farmer to it make is, money on. It is. And, and you know now with uh, the whole emphasis on green and, you know, spraying and biodiversity and everything yeah. like that, these are huge issues for, for uh, arable farmers who, who grow crops, as you say. So look, at Indeed. this hemp grows well here in Ireland. And I know you had a bit of disaster outside of Ireland with a crop and that's what pushed you down this road to develop this technology. Is it true? Did I see a figure that from 10 acres of hemp in Ireland, what does that yield in terms of monetary value? Well, to a, to a farmer, if they were to, to grow the hemp and sell it as a raw material, they could earn up to 10,000 um, euro on a crop. Yeah. depending Obviously, depending on the strength of the CBD in it and the, um, the tonnage that comes off the acre. Yeah. But with in our first grow, we had a tremendous grow with the use of the, the uh, technology and everything seemed to go in our favour. Mm. Um, you know, whether that was down to luck or um, just the uh, attention that we gave the crop, a bit of both, I think, <laughs> including the technologies that we were bringing in. Um, but it was a total value of, uh, total retail value of $12 million um, worth of crop that we produced. That would be an in-end product. Wow. So that's, that's the goal. Like we've got our oils out at the moment, but we're yeah. just after getting our uh, cosmetic range uh, finalised and passed so that will be coming out in the next uh, month or two and we've also we've partnered with the Irish Popcorn Company so we're bringing out a CBD popcorn in three different flavours it's going to be a seaweed um, a sweet and salty and a turmeric black pepper and lemon and then we're also bringing out a range of protein powders um, which is a fully natural um, protein powder and that will is actually a derivative of the oil that's extracted so our oil we use three base um, seeds we use a natural process and we use the natural seed so it's literally just the hemp and the seed that's used in making the oil mm. from that we have a byproduct which is a high protein powder 
which will then be sold on as well. Now, when you talk about this, and I've spoken about this in the past with with others, I suppose, and just to reassure listeners about this, because when they hear about this, they think, oh, THC, the active ingredient in marijuana, this has nothing to do with this at all. No, no. When we're growing here in Ireland, you have to grow under licence, and it's licensed through a, um, a, a body called the HPRA, the HPRA allow you to grow hemp, but it has to be certain strains that are on the EU commissions list. Okay. So those those strains have less than 0.2% THC. Yeah. Provided that your um, hemp is grown under that, you're fully... Um, Everything's fully, okay. You won't be raided by the boys in blue. That's for sure. That's <laughs> no, and, if they do, and if they do, they'll uh, look, look off. <laughs> <laughs> now tell me this. Obviously, like this is uh, has enormous potential and it's a wonderful story. What are the benefits of the oils, of the popcorn, of the cosmetic ranges, of the body oils, etc.? Sell this to me. Why? Okay, right. Well, CBD. We have to be very careful around the medical claims that we make around it, as it's still um, there's still a lot of research going on, and um, we are cast as a food supplement. But what people have experienced from using oil, our oils and other CBD oils on the market is um, like you, it's it, what you're trying to do is to kickstart the endocannabinoid system. That's a natural system that's in everybody, every mammal's body. It's not just humans. And this would have been um, activated years ago when hemp was hemp was widely grown hundreds of years ago. And it was used for all sorts of products like such as textiles and ropes um, from a fiber perspective. Uh, if, believe it or not, all the ropes in the Titanic were made of hemp. But at that time, the farmers would have grown the hemp, the cattle would have eaten some of the hemp, and therefore the cattle had got the cannabinoids in their body and then we ate the cattle. Mm. So you're activating the system indirectly. So what it does is you're, you have CB1 and CB2 receptors, and they just um, regulate and that, allow balance of hormones and that. So it helps reduce um, anxiety, um, people have seen it help in uh, cases where people were suffering with depression. Um, it's also very good for muscle relaxing or arthritical issues. It's it's an overall balance yes. that it brings to the body. And you know, I spoke to a guest on the show recently who was going through a chemotherapy uh, yeah. for 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 quite a time, and they attribute being able to get through and such a huge help to what we're talking about now. You may have heard yeah, that as it's well. Very, yeah. yeah, it does. It does help with um, sleep deprivation a lot. In yes. some cases, like that's personally, that's what I um, I find the best benefit for. Okay, See, I'm a, an entrepreneur, so the, uh, my brain doesn't uh, shut off too easy. Yes, and um, so when I lie down, I often think that's spinning around in my head. But mm. I did, I didn't do that day. But um, it really does help you to just settle. Yeah, I know about that spinning around. Yes, as Kylie <laughs> yeah. as Kylie sang about many years ago, I experienced it a lot yeah, myself, exactly. as you can imagine, with all that's been going on in this bloody head of mine. Anyway, just to come to a couple of other uh, aspects of this. Farmers, you know, looking to go down this road, and, and I see this, uh, have found difficulty in getting finance or support, you know, to develop into this area. You're going to help them. Yeah, so what we did was we're after um, releasing a cryptocurrency. This is the Greenheart CBD token. This um, will be coming live on the 6th of May. And any of your listeners that are interested in the token, if you want to uh, go onto our website, it's www.greenheartcbd.io is the um, the uh, website for the 
the actual token, but it, the parent company is greenheartcbd.ie. You can find information on it on that or our social platforms such as Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Um, the, what we've done is we've raised um, a no, number of a certain amount of funds through that. Uh, the total was $5.3 million. And that is to use to be used to finance small farmers to allow them to get into the hemp space. We've a um, beta test running in Thailand, Wales, Australia, and New Jersey over in the States this year. And what, what we're going to do is we've, we have the extraction machinery and we have the licensing on all of the drone technology that we use. So we're going to box this into a modular system. These systems, it's almost a plug and play system for a farmer to allow them to produce these products. And we bring it, send it over as is, and we finance it from our side, provided that the farmer is KYC'd and everything's above board. And then they repay the loan with the crop that they produce. Mm. So it's it's allowing them to get into the space without having the financial difficulties that would normally occur in, in the traditional banking yes, system. Yes, I can't get my head around this cryptocurrency. I, 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 maybe <laughs> maybe it's just Mitchell me. Digital assets are, it's, it, it's a new space, um, but it's the way things are going, yes. particularly in the DeFi world. DeFi is decentralized finance, and it's a peer-to-peer lending um lending system it allows communities to lend out to communities rather than from one big institution that holds the power and charges extortionate interest rates it also allows people to earn from that if you have if you have a certain level of funds yourself you can then put that into this pool you will then get reward from it and so will the person um that actually gets the finance mm. so it's um it's a community-based lending. Yes, it's it's more equitable, that is for sure. I, I do know that aspect of it, and it allows people get in and not be uh, screwed to the wall on interest rates or, you know, that pressure that comes with all that type of thing. There is a repayment all right to be made, but I, I, I see where you're coming from on this, and I like it. I have to say, I like it as a model, and uh, as you say, it is something that is becoming more prevalent in our world, and watch this space. It is growing exponentially. You're a great 100%. story, aren't you? You must be just chuffed the pair of you. Oh, we're delighted. Like in 2019, we actually got in, we were um, voted by the Sunday Independent, one of the top 30 companies started by entrepreneurs under 30 years of age. Last year, we got an All-Star Business Award that was Greenhack CBD as a company accredited. Paul got a personal award through the All-Star Business as a thought leader in sustainability, innovation and technology. And then since our raise, we actually got another award through the same mm. foundation um, as the funding round of the year. So it's just onwards and upwards. We're actually, after signing a deal now with Unifar, um, one of the biggest distributors into pharmacy. So they'll be pushing our products out right across Ireland and in other markets that they work. Um, this this will allow us the on-shelf exposure because primarily at the moment, we're just worth selling through the website, yes. which is great. It's mm. business to consumer, but a lot of people are still skeptical about online sales and everything. It's great to have the online or the yeah. on-shelf presence. Yeah, well. yeah. and you're with a, a fine partner there in Unifar, I have to say, as well. Mm. So look, for um, anybody listening today in the farming world who may be cocking an ear when they hear this uh, fantastic story, go onto your website, greenheartcbd.ie for more information. Exactly, yeah. All our products are up there as well if anyone interested in um, purchasing the oils. And you keep if you keep up to date on our social media platforms, then we we uh, we're very active on them, particularly our Instagram. Yes, and um, keep everyone up to date on what's happening. If anyone has any um, interest in the farming aspect, we've actually filled filled this year for um, 
for our farming slots, but we will be looking for farmers for next year. Mm. So um, you can get some information through. There's a contact form on our website or info at greenheartcbd.ie. You're a great fella and best wishes to your partner in crime. Partner in success, I should say, of course, Mr. <laughs> yeah, Paul Walsh. That's, that's a great way to put it. <laughs> anyway, Thanks look, I uh, admire you immensely, Mark, and good wishes to you for the future. You're really great. inspiring. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers for having us on the show. You're very Thank welcome. You. Take Bye. care. That's the brilliant Mark Canavan there and Paul Walsh combining to uh, set up something from scratch. Greenheart CBD based in the Royal County in County Mead. It's a brilliant, brilliant story. Late lunch, LMFM radio still to come on the show. Had your baby in hospital? Did you ever... Have a baby at home. Did you have a baby in an emergency on the side of the road? Oh, we've talked about those over the years as well. Anyway, we're going to be chatting to uh, Siobhan O'Neill White in a while. She's experienced both baby at home, baby in the hospital. And there's a, a debate raging about this at the moment in the context of dads not being able to go into hospitals with the current COVID situation. There's a love, another lovely hack has just come to me from Jean. If you have a rubber plant, and there are many people have rubber plants in their houses and it gets dusty and stuff into it. Jean says, peel a banana eat the banana and use the inside of the skin to clean the rubber plant. You you could envisage that, couldn't you, Louise, how that would actually work. Yes, yeah, a great so tip. Are. Great tip, yeah. Jean. And it works there for Jean. Thank you indeed for sending. Yeah, yeah. Did you see that story of the Italian hospital worker? Did you see this story? Mm. A guy who worked in a hospital in Italy. It could only be Italia, couldn't it? Uh, he didn't show up for work for 15 years. <laughs> could it only be in Italia? <laughs> and they paid him. Every single week for the 15 years. <laughs> ah, buongiorno. <laughs> Arrivederci. Yeah, 15 years and they paid him for it. I can, invisible, I'm going to tell you a story now. I worked, as you know, with the P&T and Aircom and whatever else they're called now. Anyway, um, there was a fellow in Navin, your hometown, and he was on one of the crews. And uh, one morning he didn't show up for work. Right. Didn't show up the next morning, the morning after. Anyway, no one knew where he was. I think it was about, I might be exaggerating here, but about three and a half or four years later, one morning, he walked into the yard with his sandwiches and hopped into the lorry beside one of the boys and said, how are you? No way. <laughs> there was ructions. Where Who, was he? I, I can't think of his name, but anyway. But where was he, should I say not? Where well, was well I, I don't know the ins, but I remember the story because I was in... in um, what you call that HR at the time and there was ructions because who let him in how did he get in they brought him out in the job they brought him out in the job and he just started working (laughs) as if it was the next day three or four years later that is a fact that happened in in, in Aircom at the time and uh, you stuck up a telegraph then you see then you see no no, we didn't pay him I want to say that he was off the pay that's the one thing but actually they had to let him resume (laughs) he had to he continued on and he walked on I think till he retired (laughs) So he just went on a sabbatical for three and a half or four years and decided <laughs> to show up in the yard in Navin one morning. Oh, somebody must have known where he was. Maybe he was sending in Louise, doctor's letters he was or something. Se- he sent in nothing because we had nothing from him. I was looking after the stuff. <laughs> he just went poof into the tin there one morning and three and a half or four years. We got a call. Hey, your man's back. 
And where is he? Did you send him home? No, he's gone out in the van. He just got back into the van and headed out on a job. He's probably trying to ring and couldn't oh, get through. Oh, Lord, when I saw that Italian story, man, it brought back memories of those great days in that's the PNT in Erkham. Yeah, that's it. That is a true story. I joke you not. I really don't. Uh, anyway, what else was I to say? Yeah, I, I did. You were busy there. You know, I got the jab. You were, you didn't, you was, know, yeah, yeah, I got the jab and everything's fine and... Uh, you're okay anyway, today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said I missed at the top of the show and everything's okay and grateful to get it and, and waiting now for number two in four or six weeks' time. John's been on to say it's a waste of time cleaning the kettle, Jerry. If you have a high level of lime in your water, you'd be better off getting a filtration tap in your house. Water softener also helps. If your water is so hard, uh, it can ultimately seize the pipes. I suppose it can, but if you clean the kettle naturally, regularly, John, I think it'll be all right, to be honest with you. Thanks for your message there. Hi, Jerry. If you want to clean your washing machine out, throw a dishwasher tablet in the drum on a hot wash. Empty the drum, of course. It's great and leaves a lovely smell, says another listener. Thank you indeed for all your messages. Now, home or away? I'm not talking about football here. I'm talking about having a baby. Should you have the baby at home or go to the hospital? Well, uh, a woman you know well on late lunch. She is the lady behind mams.ie is Siobhan O'Neill-White and she's experienced both sides of the equation. Hello again, Siobhan. Hi, Jerry. Thanks for joining me. Well, look, this has been prompted our chat today. This uh, debate has been in uh, the news for a week or two now. A lady in Wexford decided to have a home birth because her husband couldn't attend. Well, he could attend the birth, but would have to leave the hospital immediately afterwards. So she went with it and all worked out well. Uh, for, for you, hospital for the first two, was it? Mm-hmm. Hospital for the first two and then two home births. And... You know, I never, ever in my life imagined I would have a home birth. I just had this notion it was for like three hugging hippies or something and they were going to be chanting or something. Statistically, it's twice as safe as a hospital birth. You have a dedicated midwife for your whole pregnancy. So one person who's dedicated to you, who looks after you, who gets to know you. Um, I really felt extremely well cared for. Um, my two hospital births, I would say, were very clinical and the hospitals were very busy and they were both on bank holiday weekends. And I was saying to Louise earlier, my son was born on the night of a full moon and every delivery suite was full. It was it was just crazy. And we were in the corridors and there wasn't enough delivery suites. It was mad. Now, both of my babies were safe, um, but my hospital births were very clinical and the lights were very bright and people were rushing in and out. And it's it's a hard environment to relax in. And I'm not saying... Anyone who's who's listening who wants to have a hospital birth is wrong in any way. Of course not. A lot of people feel you want the security of being in a hospital when mm. you're having your baby. And I completely understand that because that's how I felt, certainly on my first baby, even with my second baby. But then I started to hear about home births and I actually wanted to go to the MLU, which is a midwifery-led unit in Drogheda. Mm. But I couldn't get in. It was, it was like a lottery system. Everybody that wanted to get in couldn't get in because they have all the birthing pools and the bean bags and all this kind of stuff. And I thought that sounded like a nice environment. Yeah. It's led by midwives rather than, you know, doctors. Um, and midwives are the one, the midwife is the one that you want there when you're in labour. So um, it was actually one of the midwives in the hospital who suggested home birth to me because I couldn't get into the MLU. Mm. And then I, I really started to look into it. So what happens is you would contact um, the Home Birth Association and you would find a midwife close to you. And she would come out and you'd have a cup of tea and say, do you like each other? Do you get on? Do you have a chat? Is this something that you want to do? And then if you decide you want to go ahead with that, she is then dedicated to you for your whole pregnancy. 
So she'd come out to your house every couple of weeks. She brings the, she does, you know, gets the baby's heartbeat and she checks that you're growing properly and the level of care is phenomenal. And I remember lying on the couch in the sitting room and she was getting the baby's heartbeat and my other children, uh, they were still quite small and she would call them over and say, now listen here, you can listen to the heartbeat and put your hand on your mommy's belly. It was really amazing. Yeah, and then when I had the, when I went into labour, it was the middle of the night as babies like to do sometimes. And um, my mom had been really nervous about the home birth. Um, you know, when I was pregnant and people were saying, where are you having the baby? Like, my mother would be like, she's putting her head, head, head in her hands thinking, oh, please don't tell them. She didn't know what to think of it. And I asked her, would she come down and mind the two little ones while I was in labour? So she came down and the two children slept through the birth. They woke up and they had a new sister. It ah, was so calm, yes. so quiet. There was no big lights on running up and down the stairs. It was really calm. It was really lovely. Myself and Dave were just kind of in the room together. And the midwife was there and she was making sure everything was all right. But she really let us yeah. kind of mind each other and... And Siobhan, did you manage to stay quiet? I, Jerry, can you believe this? There wasn't a peep. The two children slept through. So Dave walked down into the kitchen with the baby in his arms and my mother was in here making tea and toast with his mother. The two grannies were sitting in the kitchen making tea and toast. They hadn't even heard the baby yeah. being born. Mm. It was that quiet. So, you know, when you're in labour, I remember a doctor said to me when I was having my first baby, she said to me, I was shouting a bit as, you know, the shock of it all. And she said to me, when you shout and rant and rave and roar, you're actually using energy up coming out of your throat that you could be using elsewhere. Yes. Such a trap and focus and it's all going to be mm. over a lot quicker. Mm. And that just made sense to me. So I was very quiet. And then the, we had our fourth baby at home. And again, the children slept through and they were, and it was so quiet. The midwife with the same midwife, she came over. I went into labour at 20 past two. She was born at 20. And the midwife put the washing machine on, stuck the bed, put new covers on, put the baby into the basket, washed me, washed her, put us back to sleep, and she went home. And my daughter came into the bedroom at about half eight in the morning, and the baby was in the basket. And the night before, there had not been a baby in that basket. Yeah. And it was really lovely. Mm. What annoyed me last week when I saw the headline was, Lauren Goodger is pregnant and she was thinking about having a home birth because it is very difficult to be separated from your partner. Mm. Um, I know I was separated from Dave when I was having a miscarriage and that was really difficult to be on my own. So to be going through labour and birth on, in a pandemic, that has got to be so, so stressful. So the idea of having a home birth and having your partner with you, it's a really good option for somebody who's healthy and feels like that might be something that they want to Yes. But the, the, I suppose the worry, Siobhan, or the difficulty would be if there were complications or you ran yeah. into problems. I take it you had a backup plan if anything went wrong or your midwife had. Yes. Okay, so about 25% of home births transfer to hospital and the number one reason is the labour's gone on a bit long and the mother is a bit tired. The mortality rate for home birth is half what it is for hospital birth. So home birth is very safe. Generally, when you're pregnant, when you're in labour, Things, it's not like it is in the movies and TV. Things generally don't happen that quickly. It, it takes usually a good few hours to have a baby. Mm. People have very, and we've all heard about the baby being born on the side of the road and things like that. And of course that would happen sometimes. But generally speaking, having a baby takes a good few hours and your midwife who knows you so well will know how you're getting on, will know, you know, if there's anything she needs to worry about. 
there was uh, a girl who just lived down the road from me and she was in labour and she was having a home birth. It's the same midwife as me. And her labour went on a bit long. So the midwife said, look, we're going to we're gonna call into the hospital. And they let the hospital know when you're in labour. So they just know everything that's going on. The ambulance came out. She stepped into the ambulance. And whatever way she'd been sitting inside in the house, the baby just couldn't find a good, I suppose, ankle to get out. She put one foot into the ambulance and the baby basically flew out in the back of the ambulance. Yes. And the two lads put her back up into her bedroom. She didn't need to go to the hospital mm. at all. She was fine. The baby was fine. Mm. Generally speaking, things don't happen like that yeah but um, I just want to say as well it's important to say that in the context of the last year and the pandemic and when you know uh, COVID was absolutely rife uh, on the front line in hospitals in wards you can have to understand Siobhan that they were trying to minimise you know the contact from outside and vice versa as well yeah that was absolutely listen my sister-in-law had a baby a couple of weeks ago and my brother-in-law was sitting in the car park Um, You know, Emma, who's been on the show with you, my cousin who has triplets, her partner was sitting out in the car park and they were only allowed, of course I understand, and we've been very good with, you know, adhering to the guidelines and all that, and of course we have to keep people safe. So what annoyed me was this, the the newspaper headline was, Lauren risks home birth to have partner with her when they... Yes. That is sensationalising something that is not sensational. Home birth is what everybody did until a couple of years ago, and then we started having hospital births. In Ireland, they used to have the flying doctors and the flying midwives. Everybody had babies at home. Mm. Parents were born at home. Yeah, and I can I can see that. I have the article here sitting beside yeah. me, and I, and it is it, you just see the word risk. It jumps out at you, yeah. and then you start to think, and it it yeah. it, it, con, it confers a connotation, you know, yeah. of unsafety or whatever. And you know, as exactly. your experience bears out, you had two wonderful experiences, and there've been hundreds and thousands of, of more as well. So it is good to hear that, and it's really good to hear. Both sides of the equation for from yourself. Number five, will you will you stay at home for number five or head to the hospital? Jerry, you know that me and Dave have been in on your show talking about vasectomies because you crossed your legs. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But look, seriously. I, I laughed so much at the two of your faces when we had that conversation. <laughs> so, no thanks, no, no, no number five for yeah, me. But um, you would, if you were going again, you'd have no hesitation in saying home was really good and you'd be a real a proponent of it. I would, as long as you're healthy and you, yes. and it's, it's something that you want. Like I say, I never imagined. I come from, I had been um, in a corporate job and very professional and then I got, I had my first baby in hospital, then I had my second baby in hospital and just the way that my labours went and, and being mm. in the hospital environment, it didn't, I didn't like it. For me personally, it didn't suit me and the home birth was a much better option and they're two of the most positive okay. experiences I've ever had. Yeah. Okay, great to hear it. And listen, thanks indeed for joining us to discuss uh, a very interesting topic indeed, Siobhan. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Jerry. Take care. Bye-bye. That's Siobhan O'Neill White there from mams.ie. Today is World Earth Day and more than ever we've got to think about this planet that we live on for future generations. Ross McDowell is from Kells and he's making these beautiful protein bars, all real they're called. But Ross and his business have decided to get involved in uh, the whole plastic issue on this planet of ours and he's on the line to tell me more. Hello Ross. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Great to talk to you again. Tell us about this. You have a mission for 2021. Yeah, yeah. We um, <clears throat> we, we rebranded our bars there recently, and, and both myself and my co-founder, Niall, were quite personally quite passionate about the plastic situation. So we said, right, we need to make find out a packaging solution that has 
no plastic in it. So that was a bit of a job and we found something that was kind of plastic free and home compostable. So we got that going and then we thought, actually, what's the next step here now? You know, how can we make more of an impact in this space? So we just announced today on, on, on Earth Day that we're partnering up with uh, quite a cool social enterprise called Plastic Bank, where we've committed to prevent 75 metric tons, which is the equivalent of nearly 4 million plastic bottles from entering the sea. So these guys have set up globally kind of recycling centres in areas that have been stricken really badly with plastic problems. So fellas that used to be fishermen basically in the area are now employed to, to pick plastic from the sea and they bring it back to these recycling centres. They're paid a premium for it and the plastic is then recycled and recirculated into the economy. So it just reduces the amount of plastic going out. Um, so, yeah, we have a target of 3.75 million bottles that we're trying to prevent for the year. So we're doing it by, um, we're actually running a promotion now until the end of the uh, end of the month that if someone buys a box of bars on our website, which is eatallreal.com, um, there's 120 bottles they're preventing from, from reaching the seas. And then we'll also be doing regular kind of uh, campaigns Hopefully when COVID clears up a little bit to, uh, to gather some fun through running and cycling and hiking uh, and the proceeds will go to this, this crowd as well. So you're great. all in all, we just, yeah. You're great. You really are. At Plastic Bank is uh, uh, the initiative worldwide. Who would have ever thought, Ross, that we'd be here talking about instead of uh, fishermen going to sea to catch fish, they're going to catch plastic. Isn't it shocking? Oh, it's terrible. Like, we've just been, you know, since dealing with these guys, we're getting more and more involved and just seeing the state of the the seas around the world. Like, I'm even noticing now, like, I've, I'm based in Kerry now. I moved down a couple of years ago, and um, even the beaches here, you're seeing so much stuff getting washed up when there's a storm or something. And um, it's, uh, yeah, it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And just trying to educate people that, you know, this is becoming such... I mean, the stats they've got, every minute a whole garbage truck or a, a rubbish truck equivalent is dumped into the sea mm. so by the time we get to, to 2050 at this rate there'll be more there'll be more plastic in the ocean than there is fish in the fish in the seas so it's uh it's just becoming such an issue that we said right we'll nail our colors to the mast in this space and, mm. and really try and do something i just wanted today to uh talk about it for a few moments because it is earth day as you say and we should be thinking all of us in our own way what we can do but i really like this at plastic bank if you want to check it out and you can support in any way and i congratulate you uh with your business and what you've done uh to drop the plastic and also to encourage people you know to do the same and help with this eatallreal.com that's the website that's the website. So all the information about our campaigns up on that. And uh, and like I say, we're doing a promotion right now to, to try and boost it along that if you buy a box of bars, it's 120 bottles will be equivalent, will be uh, returning uh, to Plastic Bank. So, um, yeah. so, yeah, hopefully we can kick things off. Lovely. Great to catch up with you again. Lucky man living in Kerry, isn't he? Oh, he's <laughs> lucky. He is indeed. Anyway, thank you for joining us on the show. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jerry. Take, Take care. care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's uh, a man from Kell speaking to me today there, uh, Ross. Well done to him and uh, the guys in his business there. Still to come on Late Lunch After 3, we continue the Glen Campbell story and we're going to hear about Dundalk and Drogheda's aim to set a new attendance record at a League of Ireland game virtually uh, and it's a great cause they're uh, both supporting. That's all coming up on the show After 3. But it is Earth Day today and there is a song all about it and it's from one of my 
Favourites of all time, it's Mr. John Denver. Celebrate morning. Just listening to your guest there, Jerry Suzanne, talking about all the plastic in the sea. Did you ever consider what cruise ships do with all they have to get rid of when they're out on the high seas? Well, I take it, Anne, that they take it on shore with them and dispose of it properly there. I'd hate, oh God, I'd hate to consider that a cruise ship would just open up and release into the ocean lots of stuff. That couldn't happen, could it? Oh, please, don't tell me that. That would really now annoy me if I thought that that was the case. Thank you for your message to the show today, Anne. Kim in Kansas, hello to you this afternoon. Jerry. I've really enjoyed Glenn Campbell all this week. Let me tell you a little story. When I was eight years old, old, all I asked for my birthday was a vinyl 45 of Rhinestone Cowboy. Ah, I didn't get it. Ah, oh, Kim, no, you didn't get it. Well, Jerry, 32 years later, a good friend of mine made this for me with my initials in rhinestones. The best gift ever. If you saw it, I'm looking at it here. It's a beautiful original single of rhinestone cowboy mounted with rhinestones with uh, Kim's initials on it as well. It's lovely. And uh, she says, as she said there, best gift ever. Thank you so much for telling us that little story. Rhinestone cowboy. Make sure you're tuned in tomorrow. Don't say anything about that. Anyway, today and Glenn, let me tell you this. Did you know this about Glenn Campbell? He was married four times and he was dad to nine children, six sons and three daughters. He first married Diane Marie Kirk in 1955. And listen to this. He was 17 and she was 16. They had two children, Glenn Jr. and Debbie but Glenn Jr. sadly passed away shortly after he was born. Diane and Glenn divorced in 1959, so they were still only children, weren't they, at that stage? Later that year, he tied the knot for a second time with Billie Jean Nunley, a marriage that lasted 17 years and bore three children before they went their separate ways in 1976. Next up for our Glenn was Sarah Barg Davis. Uh, and one child emerged from that marriage during the four years they were together. They split and then Campbell had a relationship with fellow country star Tanya Tucker before on a blind date he met and ultimately married Radio City Music Hall Rockette Kimberly Woolen in 1982. You know the Rockettes? Yeah, Radio City Music Hall. I've seen them on a number of occasions. Christmas time, it's magical. Of your Rockette, you have to have the legs, that's for sure. Well, they had three children together. They married in 82, they had three children and they were together until Glenn died in 2017. 35 years they were together. Now, our song today is most appropriate in the context of the end of a relationship which Glenn experienced, as you heard there, on more than one occasion. Ah, the women in his life and Glenn. Here it is. By the time I get to Phoenix Glenn Campbell and By the Time I Get to Phoenix. He's my artist of the week this week and that song reflecting... All of the women he had in his life over the years, married four times, nine children and uh, what a career he had as well. We'll round off the uh, Glenn Campbell story here on Late Lunch tomorrow afternoon and uh, uh, we'll be playing his most loved song, of course, of all time. Now, uh, John's been on to say, Jerry, quick, ring Michael Healy Ray, tell him we found Fungi, he's in the boin. <laughs> 
God, they made some attraction out of Fungi, didn't they, down in Kerry, the poor devil, and not a sign of him now. She probably died of old age, he was there that long, but I'm sure many people listening today uh, were down south and in Kerry and enjoying a wonderful county and uh, visiting there and would have been to uh, the area where Fungi was, perhaps even saw him as well. So there you are, we could have our own Fungi in the River Boyne this very day. Late lunch, LMFM radio, final break of the afternoon, and... This weekend, yes, it's the first loud derby in the League of Ireland of the season. Drogheda promoted, of course, last year. They meet Dundalk in Oriel Park. But there's a very special uh, twist to this game this weekend because uh, the clubs want to use this game to support Sonia Hoy. And we're going to hear about it next. Dundalk are aiming to smash the recent League of Ireland attendance record to help save Sonia. What's it all about? I'm joined on Late Lunch now by Paddy Casey, who's involved with the Dundalk Club. Hello, Paddy. Hi, afternoon. How's things? Thanks for joining me, Paddy, on the show today. So, Sonia Hoy uh, needs help. And um, can you tell us a little bit about Sonia, what the story is with her at the moment? Yeah, so, um, so Sonia... Sonia's 42 and unfortunately was diagnosed with stage 3 cervical cancer back in 2019. And unfortunately, um, you know, she got the sad news that her illness returned in July of last year and um, her family and friends have undertaken a fundraising campaign to um, to send her to Mexico for, for some treatment. Mm. Um, and... As a football club, um, you know, Dundalk are kind of throwing their way behind that uh, with the assistance of Drogheda United. Um, and I'll tell you why. Um, so Sonia scored the winning goal in the 2005 Ladies uh, FAI Cup. Drogheda United won the 2005 FAI Cup. And it just so happened that when we were planning, Dundalk and Drogheda were actually playing this Saturday. So yeah. um, so we've decided to kind of wrap a campaign around that to, mm. uh, to try and add some, some funds to... Um, to to her campaign, which has probably exceeded all expectations in the sense that I think at last look it was at a hundred thousand. I think they were trying to raise eighty, so it's it's been brilliant and uh, fair play to everybody involved there. Yeah, it's a lovely coming together of you know a sequence of events going back into today, and that you're playing for the first time in the Premier League uh, for a number of years. Sonia was a, a hell of a player herself. You mentioned the cup win there, but she was a wonderful soccer player. She played GAA. She's a real sportswoman. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, as well as playing with Dundalk, I think she played with Piedmont, mm. uh, Blackrock, won a number of awards. You know, Sports Star of the Year in 2005 when they won that cup. Um, she was the captain of <clears throat> DKI football college team, mm. uh, which won a number of college tournaments. And also, you know, from a GA point of view, uh, with her local club in, in Dedles Hill and with the, the, Louds, uh, the Loud women's team. So, yeah, fantastic. Fantastic person, first and foremost, but, you know, a fantastic uh, uh, sports person as well. Yeah. And uh, she's going to Mexico for treatment that can't be had in this country here. And, uh, of course, it's wonderful to see the response. You mentioned the figure there. It is absolutely phenomenal. Now, you're hoping to break... Of course, people can't go to these games at the moment. It is really uh, disappointing. But people can support Sonia and this fund uh, without ever going near Oriel Park the weekend. Tell us what the, you can do or what we can do to help. Yeah, that's it. So there'll be a battle on the field against Drogheda on, on, on Saturday. 
uh, the game kicks off at six. Um, and we are trying to uh, break the League of Ireland, the most recent League of Ireland attendance record, uh, virtually. Um, so that record stands at 7,522. And that was a recent Sean McRover's fixture. Um, <clears throat> and we have tickets priced at five euros a piece. Uh, they can be bought on the Dundalk FC shop. So uh, shop.dundalkfc.com. And all funds raised through there will, will go towards Sonia's campaign. Okay. So well, we're well underway, and uh, mm. we're looking for one final big push now to uh, to raise as much money as we can. Ah, let's break this record, folks! Come on, we can't leave it with Rovers. We'll probably be leaving the league title with them again this year, by the looks of things. But look, let's break this seven-five double to Dundalk and draw the fans and anyone else listening today. It's only a fiver uh, chip in there, and every fiver counts getting towards that target. It'd be a wonderful. Achievement certainly uh, to beat it. Uh, six o'clock the game is, but you can support it any time now. There, as you heard, uh, there's uh, plenty of ways of giving towards the fund from uh, Paddy. Anyway, it is the first derby, as you say. It will be a battle uh, royal on the field. The dog not starting so well. Draw to getting a decent enough start. Ah, you'll expect the Lily Whites, won't you, to win this one on Saturday? You would, you would hope so. Uh, you would definitely hope so. But in fairness to Draw, they've, they've started not too bad, and they've a good young team there. So. Um, yeah, Dundalk win would be very welcome um, and that'll give us bragging rights on the field yeah. uh, for sure for uh, until, until until the reverse fixture, you know but um, yeah, hope, hoping, hoping for three points and again hoping to break the record as well so. And you have a man who uh, won everything with Dundalk going back in the draw of colours this week That's right, yeah uh, we, we released a video actually just last night uh, of some Dundalk FC players um, Fabio O'Brien from Drogheda got involved and the chairman Conor Hoy yeah. and, and Dane Massey uh, got involved as well so um, you know he was sporting his, his nice Drogheda United gear <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah look look. I mean I, I've been following League of Ireland my, my whole life um, and especially Conor <clears throat> Conor Hoy at Drogheda and, and the media team and the, and, and the players who have, have gotten bored yeah um, mm. Fantastic people to deal with, and you know, on the field rivalries, you know that's great. But off the pitch, I mean, great respect uh, between the clubs, and uh, they couldn't do enough for the campaign. So, so kudos to them. Uh, but yeah, I hope we we give them a stuff on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wear the claret and blue myself, as you know, so I'll have to opt for the other side and hope that the yeah, away yeah. team gets something out of it. But look, may I say, it's a, I hope it's a real good game, and and uh, good luck to both of them, and may the best team emerge. And if it's fifty uh, fifty, it'll be of course honours even. But let's see what happens. And of course, remember as well, we have that game here live on LMFM Radio online. You can listen to the whole match here on Saturday from six. Look, I wish Sonia all the very best. Well done to Dundalk and Drogheda United Football Clubs as well for coming together on this one and come on 7-5-2 that's the figure the magic figure we got to beat Paddy thanks for joining me on the show thanks for having me take care not at all take care of yourself there that's Paddy Casey from Dundalk Football Club that's our lot on late lunch for this Thursday afternoon coming up on tomorrow's show all the best books with Margaret Madden Sport Leon Blanche will be looking ahead to that loud derby of course we're talking about interior design and I'll have your riddle on Friday as well Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive stay with us here on LMFM Radio we'll say goodbye to you today in the company of the Lumineers ho hey hey ho see you tomorrow Hey! 
The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We have amazing offers available across the 211 Renault and Dacia range. Get your car delivered to you in just a couple of clicks. Call us today to find out more or visit blackstonemotors.ie. Stay safe from Blackstone Motors. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 